Welcome to the video. Don't forget to hit that bell icon for weekly videos on historical figures and stories. If you enjoy the content, be sure to subscribe. There are many tales on individual Viking warriors, but today I will tell you about the legends who are in the Yom's Viking order. The Yom's Vikings were a legendary order of Viking mercenaries who lived in the 10th and 11th century. They were well known around Scandinavia for their pagan worship of Odin and Thor and their incredible fighting abilities. However, as mercenaries, they would fight for any lord or king, no matter their religion, as long as they were paid handsomely. The Yom's Vikings first appear in the history books in the 12th and 13th century Icelandic sagas. The sagas were written at least a hundred years after the disbanding of the Yom's Vikings, so it's difficult to assure the accuracy of them. I will primarily be telling you about these warriors, based on the account from the Yom's Viking saga, but I will include writings from other sagas, such as the King's Saga, King Olaf Tryggvason's Saga, the Knitling Saga, and the Tale of Strybjorn, the Swedish Champion. According to legend, the Yom's Viking stronghold was at Yomsborg. It is described as a medieval fortress with a harbour that was overseen with a stone tower mounted with catapults. The location of Yomsborg has been a topic of debate for centuries. However, in 2019, a new chronicle was found, which gave us new information on the Yom's Vikings and the location of Yomsborg. The location is allegedly on the Baltic Sea and is now known as the island of Wallin, which resides just off the Polish coast. According to the Yom's Viking saga, the founder of the Brotherhood was Paunatok. Before he assembled the Yom's Vikings and created the Order, Paunatok had already lived a Viking life, creating a savage reputation for himself as an incredible warrior. The saga states, Palnatok quickly built his fortress by the sea, which was exceedingly large and strongly built, which he named Jomsborg. There, 360 longships could be housed within the fortress walls, with some parts of the fortress standing out onto the sea. So the stronghold was essentially a sea castle. Palnatok would have been a wealthy man, as he was the chieftain of the island of Finn, and was in the king's court. But could he have constructed this immense sea castle in his lifetime with early medieval building techniques? Perhaps it's possible. So great was the repute of Palnatok that King Harold Bluetooth gave him his eldest son, Swain Forkbeard, to raise as a foster son. Swain would later become the first Viking King of England. Swain Forkbeard would also give his own son to Thorkel the Tall to raise in Jomsborg. That son, later went on to become Canute the Great. So it seems like the Yom's Vikings had a tendency to forge legendary kings. But how? After Palnatok built his sea castle, he would establish laws for all men who wished to join him and reside at Jomsborg. No one was to join Palnatok's company, who was older than 50 years of age, and no one younger than 18 years old. No one at all must be there who would run away from a man as strong and well-equipped as himself. Each man who came to join the fellowship 
must promise faithfully to each man that they must avenge the other like his brother. No one must stir up strife amongst men. If any news was heard, no one must be so reckless as to spread it around, for Palnatok must be the first to tell any news. Anyone who does not obey these laws must be cast out. If a man who is admitted to the order that has killed another member's brother, father or close kin, and that were found out after he had been admitted to the Brotherhood, Palnatok must judge it. No one must have a woman inside the fortress, and no one must stay away for more than three nights outside the fortress, except with Palnatok's consent. Everything gained in a raid, whether large or small, must be shared. If proved true that someone had not, he must leave the fortress, whether he was of greater status or lesser. No man must speak words of fear. No fighting within the fortress, unless agreed by Palnatok. Nothing must be decided by kinship or friendship. If someone was not fit to join the order, it would not be granted to them. These laws were the principles of Palnatok's brotherhood. The rules instilled discipline to create the best warriors. This may be why Swain Forkbeard and Canute the Great, who were fostered in Jomsborg, went on to become some of the greatest kings in English and Viking history. Palnatok has a contender, however, to another early founder of the Joms Vikings. According to the Flatejar book, Strybjorn the Strong, the Prince of Sweden, took the stronghold from Palnatok. It is said Strybjorn the Strong went Viking at 16, being too much to handle at home due to his violent nature. So his uncle Eric the Victorious gave him 60 well-equipped longships to raid with. He ravaged the shores of the Baltic Sea, and when he was 20, he took the sea castle of Jomsborg from Palnatok and became the ruler of the Joms Vikings. He would then sail with a huge force of 200 longships to try to take Sweden from his uncle. This would culminate in the Battle of Fyrisvillid, which the Joms Vikings took part in. Strybjorn's forces reached the shores of Sweden and marched towards Uppsala. To encourage his men to fight to the death, he set fire to the ships. Once they met the other army of Eric the Victorious, battle would ensue, and Strybjorn would command the Joms Vikings in battle, being presented as their commander. After the first night of the battle, neither side would gain the upper hand. Eric would then make a sacrifice to Odin in the temple at Uppsala. He promised if he won the battle, he would belong to Odin. The next day at the battle, Eric threw his spear over the enemy army and said, I sacrifice you all to Odin. Strybjorn and his Joms Vikings were then all killed through magic by an avalanche burying them all. The legendary figures in the early writings of the Joms Vikings and the Battle of Fyrisvillid in particular, which allegedly took place in 985, seem to be more of a tale than history. But as we continue through time to later commanders of the Joms Vikings, it is without a doubt that many were real historic figures.
In the Yom's Viking saga, it is said that Thorkel the Tall and his brother Sigvaldi prepared a trip to Jomsborg to see if they could get in to the legendary order. Their father said to them it would be wise to join the Yom's Vikings to increase their fame and honour. He would say to them, It is now time for you two brothers to put to the test whether you are worth anything as men. This reflects how regarded the Yom's Vikings were, and it was of paramount importance for Thorkel and Sigvaldi to be accepted into the Brotherhood. Their father would give them no provisions on their voyage to Jomsborg, as they were forced to raid to get hold of supplies and money. They would eventually reach the gates of Jomsborg and were welcomed by Palnatok, who said they were of high birth, but that made no matter as they had to pass the test to be admitted into the order. In order to gain admission, they would need to prove themselves with a feat of strength, which was usually a duel with another Yom's Viking. Thorkel and Sigvaldi would pass the test, as did some of their men, and they were embraced as brothers in the Yom's Viking order. They would soon rise to become high-ranking members of the mercenary group, and none were in higher esteem with Palnatok. Van Ackerson was described in the Yom's Viking saga as a boy. By the time he was nine, he had already killed three men. His mother could not tolerate his aggression, and by the time he was twelve, it is said he would grow up to be so cruel that his father Aki gave him sixty men so that he could go plundering. He would raid one coast of Denmark to the other, until he decided to go to Jomsborg. There he was met by Palnatok. Van then revealed that he was Palnatok's grandson, as his father Aki was Palnatok's son. Van would plead with Palnatok to be able to join the Joms Vikings, but he wasn't allowed due to him still being a boy of twelve. Palnatok even offered him land to leave as they were blood, but Van refused and insisted. He then brazenly challenged Sigvaldi, a high-ranking member of the Order, to a fight. Once he challenged Sigvaldi to battle, it was already decided, and Palnatok allowed it. The fight was more of a battle, with Van and his men against Sigvaldi's. Van and his forces would completely dominate those of Sigvaldi, and he was forced into submission, with his company being saved by Palnatok by him opening the gates of the fortress. Palnatok then accepted Van into the order, and he would completely change and become a wise and well-conducted man. He was also described as the most skilled warrior in the whole order of the Yom's Vikings. After Palnatok's death, Sigvaldi took control over the Yom's Vikings. He hadn't commanded for long, and there was already a change of laws within the fortress. The laws were not observed so strictly as when Palnatok was in charge. Women would stay in the fortress, men were absent for what was longer than allowed, and there were fights amongst the men, and occasionally killings. In the year 986, the Joms Vikings accepted payment from Harald Bluetooth, the King of Denmark, to attack Jarl Hakon, the ruler of Norway. 
Harold Bluetooth was trying to make Christianity the dominant religion in Scandinavia, and Hakon was resisting. The Joms Vikings didn't discriminate when it came to religion, and Sigvaldi, the commander of the order, agreed to fight Jarl Hakon for an agreed price. This would culminate in the Battle of Jurungavurgar. The order of mercenaries sailed to Norway, and could see they were outnumbered. The Joms Vikings and their allied forces had only 60 ships, while the enemy had 180. Before the battle commenced, a hailstorm would begin. The ships would then ram into each other, and the battle would ensue. Van is described in the saga of the Joms Vikings as fighting in a frenzy and killing all men on enemy ships with his warriors. Sigvaldi, however, the commander of the Joms Vikings, saw the devastation and amount of his fellow warriors that were being slaughtered and ordered a retreat. Sigvaldi began to flee and called to Van to come with him. Van answered him and basically said that he was a terrible leader and was a coward. Van then so outraged, threw his spear at Sigvaldi, but missed. Van would stay to fight and even survived the battle and was spared by a Jarl on the opposing side, while Sigvaldi became the object of ridicule. And so the order of the Joms Vikings would fall into ruin and decay. Sigvaldi would also prove treacherous during the Battle of Svolder, where he lured King Olaf Tryggvason into the battle. According to the Hemskringla saga, he led him into an ambush and deserted him in the heat of battle. This further tarnished the name of the Joms Viking Order. There is no record of Sigvaldi after the Battle of Svolder, and his brother Thorkull the Tall would take command of the Joms Vikings in between the year 1001 and 1009. Thorkull the Tall, by all accounts, was a real historic figure, mentioned in many sagas and English chronicles. The Joms Vikings' name had been tainted by Sigvaldi's deeds. Thorkel would do whatever he could to bring the order back to its former glory. In the year 1009, Thorkel and the Joms Vikings would sail to England. They would kill, raid and pillage for wealth and glory. He would eventually march on the city of Canterbury and laid siege to it for three weeks. He took the city with help from an inside man who betrayed his own people in return for his life. Thorkel and the Joms Vikings would then occupy the city and they would take the Archbishop of Canterbury as a hostage, but he was eventually executed for annoying the band of Joms Vikings, who were still pagan at their core. Thorkel would later ally himself with the King of England. He and the Joms Vikings would enter the service of King Ethelred the Unready and would soon fight for him. So the order were allied with an English king for the first time in their history. But Thorkel didn't know that Palnatoke's foster son Swain and his own foster son Canute would come to England to fight for the crown. Thorkel was now at war against men who were fiercely close to him. Thorkel and the Joms Vikings would defend London from Swain Forkbeard, but their resistance was in vain and he quickly took the country. Thorkel then met up in secret with King Ethelred of England, who had just lost the crown. 
Thorkel advised him to go into exile, and that he did. Swain, however, would have a short-lived reign, and he would die due to natural causes after just five weeks on the throne, at the age of 50. King Ethelred saw his opportunity to take his land back, and sailed to England and recaptured London. Prince Canute, Swain's son, then sailed back to Scandinavia. Thorkel would then leave Ethelred's service, and would swear his allegiance to his old foster son Canute. Canute knew that Thorkel and the legendary Yom's Vikings would be a great help with his goal to conquer England, and accepted their fealty, even though they had previously fought against each other. Thorkel, Canute, and the Yom's Vikings would conquer most of England together. King Ethelred would soon die of natural causes, and his son Edmund Ironside would take up the defence of the country. The Yom's Vikings and Canute would campaign around England from 1015 to 1016, with many great battles being fought. Eventually, Canute would divide England with Edmund. Edmund Ironside later died under mysterious circumstances, and Canute would become the King of England. So the Yom's Vikings played a part in the conquest of England, as did one of their final commanders, Thorkel the Tool, and Canute made him the Jarl of East Anglia. He would reside in England from 1009, when the Yom's Vikings originally raided Canterbury, all the way until 1021, where he returned to Denmark. He disappears from the records in 1023. Perhaps he returned to Jomsborg, as he was getting very old. The first recorded battle that Thorkel the Tall took part in was in 986, and Canute's conquest of England was some 30 years after that, in 1016. With Jomsborg being unoccupied by its commander Thorkel, and many of the Joms Vikings for over a decade, it is unknown what was going on there at the time, but the Christianization of Scandinavia was spreading like a plague, and the stronghold of Jomsborg would soon feel it. According to the Heimskringla saga, King Magnus the Good of Norway was consolidating his control in Scandinavia, and wished to rule the North Sea Empire, just as Canute the Great did. King Magnus had heard that the people of Jomsborg were no longer loyal to him, and with the repute of the Joms Vikings and their incredible fortress, he did not want to fight against them. But in 1043, he decided he would attack Jomsborg with an immense army. He would soon take the fortress and killed many of the Joms Vikings and burned and destroyed the castle and the surrounding town. And so the order of the Joms Vikings was no more. Palnatok, Strybjorn the Strong, Van Ackerson, Sigvaldi, and of course the historic figure Thorkel the Tall, were all highly regarded men in the order. Let me know in the comment sections down below if you want to see a video on any of these Viking legends. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to like, subscribe and share. And I'll see you all soon for another History Profile.